Hello and welcome to IndieWire's Very Good Television Podcast. I'm Liz Shannon Miller at Liz Liddell on the Twitters. And I'm Ben Travers at Ben T. Travers on the Twitters. And welcome to a very special episode. I know we say, like about half the time we say it's a very special episode of this podcast, but this time things are going to get real. It's like the real world that way. I'm I'm sweating bullets over here, you guys. Just so you know, this, this whole thing is making me extremely nervous. I mean, it seemed like a good idea when I pitched it, right? It it seems like one of those ideas that when you say it, it's like, oh my god, that sounds so good. I want to listen to someone else do that. And then when you have to do it, I, I'm, I'm nervous. I'm going to have to get a new shirt after this one. Okay. Well, good to know. I'm sure we're all very glad to know that. Yep. Uh, You're welcome. But so what we're going to do is we've been making our list of the best of the year all week long. And the time has come for us to make our top 10 list for 2015, like the, the best 10 shows of the year. And if you're when you're listening to this, you're gonna be listening to this after the list has already gone live. So spoiler alert, you can go find out what the end result of this conversation Ben and I are about to have is right now on IndieWire.com. But oh, man, that's gonna be like torturing yourself. You could be looking at it and then you'll be listening to us and you'll be like, oh yeah, that's a great idea. And then we switch it and you're like, no, and then everybody gets angry. But you know, that's that's what's gonna happen. That's well, the, it's gonna I think be. the thing that's really important for us all to remember about top ten lists is that they always makes somebody angry. There's never been in the history of mankind a top 10 list that every single human being on the planet could look at and be like, yeah, absolutely. Every decision made there was perfect beyond compare. Well, I mean, I, yeah, you're right. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna, I was going to try to come up with something funny and, and, and self-referential or whatever, but uh, that's not going to work. You're just 100% right. What is interesting, though, is that Everybody kind of looks at lists differently, and I wish I was the kind of person that I think you are, Liz, based on our previous conversations about these and setting these, in that if you look at like a top 10 list or you know, a larger, longer list, whatever, you're just really happy when the right shows are included. Like The order doesn't necessarily eat away at you that much. It's just like, oh man, I'm really glad somebody's talking about that show. Yeah, and I, like, that's a big thing for me is I really like, sure, like making sure that the shows that get featured uh, on our list – some of them are, of course, representing the best of the year. Some of them are, of course, representing things that deserve recognition that maybe got overlooked by other people. Uh, so to talk you through what we are gonna, what we have here, this is how we actually, in general, Ben and I do our lists, which is we have a Google Doc open, and we have a number of options listed on it, and we then we'll do what we usually do, which is eliminate options and confirm that certain options have to be on here. And then from there, we'll eventually get it down to 10. Yeah, sadly, the only thing you guys can't see is usually when we do this, we're not talking about it on the phone or, or in person or anything. We're actually just leaving each other little notes, sometimes in the Word doc, sometimes on Instant Messenger. And frankly, those notes are fantastic. Those let's, are a lot of fun. Yeah, let's see. I'm scrolling back through. Uh, <laughs> one one recent exchange between us had us eventually deciding that something we should do later on is the best wings of 2015 list. Yeah. Which is a list we could actually make now because there are at least six options in this year. Um, so let's yeah, and as we pointed out, that's the point of making a list like that is to emphasize that you know there's just not enough wangs on TV. That's a very sexist uh, part of of watching television these days. Yeah, I can't even tell you how many boobs I saw on TV this year, but wangs. Oh god, countless amount of boobs and just no wangs. Come on, six wangs though. We well, I, yeah, we, six. we know of at least six. Yep. 
point is, uh, so what, the other thing we, we should apologize in advance for is there's probably going to be typing at, over the course of this podcast. And there will also be some edits because, frankly, this is probably going to take a little while and you guys have lives to lead. You don't need to listen to an hour of us talking about this. Maybe half an hour, 35 Hopefully. minutes, we'll, we'll Hopefully. take care of you. Um, so right now we have 22 shows on our list and I might as well just read them out and so you understand what we're working with here. Currently, our, our long list, if you will, consists of Unreal. Actually, let's alternate, Ben. You say the next one. Oh, uh, Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. Better Call Saul. Marvel's Jessica Jones. Mr. Robot. Veep. Orange is the New Black. Transparent. The Leftovers. You're the Worst. Fargo. The Affair. Last Week Tonight with John Oliver. Inside Amy Schumer. Bojack Horseman. Mad Men. Master of None. The Comedians. The Americans. South Park. Hannibal. Archer. And now, now we feel it feels nice. We we did our nominees. We're like we're like we're like the fancy people at the Oscars at five in the morning. That was my best. Yeah, that was my best Oscar nomination reading voice, uh, which is obviously not very good. So it was sorry. Great. It was great. Um. So. I think let's just get into it. I think the first thing we have to do, and this this breaks my heart, but uh, we we can't, kind of hit on this when we did our best episodes list. Uh, one easy way to eliminate at least one option from this list is to officially make it about scripted episodic drama or comedy, which means we have to say goodbye to last week tonight. Yeah, it's 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 a real shame and. And frankly, it kind of falls into one of those areas where I think we might have recognized this last last year even, making an exception. But, I mean, you're trying to compare things that are very hard to compare to begin with. So any kind of, of structure like that that you can impose is important, especially early on. And with that said, uh, we recognized Inside Amy Schumer for, its, for, for having one of the best episodes of television we saw all year long. I stand by that. 12 Angry Men Inside Amy Schumer is just a feat of uh, television comedy. But as in general, it is the only sketch show on this list. It's a really great sketch show, but like all sketch shows, it's more fragmented and piecemeal as an as a narrative experience, if you will. So I think we're gonna take that off as well. And that brings us down to 20 options, you guys. Oh my God, we're moving so quickly. We're moving I, I so quickly. Really good. And since Liz has, has volunteered these first two cuts, I'm gonna volunteer one of my own. Um, we kind of talked about this when we made our best new uh, shows of 2015 list in that a lot of this is drawing attention to the best of the year, so you're celebrating the stuff of the past, but you're also kind of looking forward to what's to come. And to me, that that makes me want to take the comedians off of this list. Yeah. Um, it's been canceled, uh, which is just a tragedy in and of itself, but frankly, not enough people were watching, which is you know uh, the fault of every other critic and organization than uh, IndieWire. But um, but yeah, I, I just I love that show. It would definitely be in the top ten if it was if it was coming. Well, it would probably be in the top ten if it was coming back. Um, but frankly, you know, people have had their chance to watch it. They've made that decision. It didn't happen. So we're gonna move on. Yeah, uh, it's worth noting that I didn't know this until your uh, best new shows of the list, uh, best new shows of the year uh, entry. Uh, that uh, Ben Wexler, who was the executive producer on the Comedians, has taken over the Grinder and. That seems like a really nice fit for him, and the grinder made our best new shows of the year list unqualified. Absolutely, yeah, and I, I'm a big fan of Mr. Wexler's, and it was a perfect kind of transition in 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 considering what happened. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm 
I'm so sad. The comedians was so good, you guys. Aw, Ben. It's okay. Yeah. Here, I'm Next gonna, I'm, list. Best canceled shows. Yes. Actually, that could be a good list. Uh, not a very yeah. long one because they, they didn't cancel a lot this year. Uh, That's true. So, uh, one thing, uh, I'm going to cheer you up by doing one thing right now, which is I'm just going to make sure I'm going to start our second, our shoe in list, if you will, and I'm going to put the leftovers on it. Yeah, I mean, God, I, it's 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 been tempting this whole week to come up with with just a way that the leftovers could be the top of all of our lists, or just you know a list in and of itself where we just talk about the leftovers. Like, let's rank the episodes of the leftovers. That would be an intense podcast. To listen to as well, though probably less broadly appealing. I'm, I'm gonna guess. So uh, we probably won't do that. We probably will skip that step. It is it is important to note that. The only show that had with two episodes on our best episodes of the year list was The Leftovers. And by far that has been the most, most, uh, you know, buzzworthy reaction to, to the list. Like the people who see the list online, that's what they're reacting to is the fact that we picked The Leftovers twice. Yeah, and uh, leftover director Craig Zobel, as you pointed out to me, you sent me an email about it. He put that on Twitter, like how it was, how he's like, oh, well, we're number 11 and number one, um, like just kind of surprised by it, but I very it. specifically, he directed both of those right. episodes. So yes, he has he, he has something to, he has something to write home about. Um, if we're gonna if, uh, continuing on the shoe in front, uh, I think both of you and I feel really strongly about Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. Uh, that's one we've been fighting for this whole time. Uh, so I'm gonna go ahead and move that up as well. Any others that we clearly are gonna put up here? I mean, I, I you got to put Veep on there. Veep is. Veep is always a contender for for best of the year in my head, and and considering each season just keeps getting better than the last, which you don't think is possible, then I, I don't know how you could exclude it. All right. Uh, that said, I I think I think Mad Men's going to probably want to be up here, but I'm going to hold on Mad Men because I want to talk to you about Fargo. Ooh. All right. Yeah, that's this one's going to get interesting. Ben, should Fargo be on our shoe-ins list? Not on the list, but shoe-ins list. Nope. Okay. So, that Ben, I believe you're reacting to the finale. Is that basically kind of where that's coming from? It's not It's not strictly the finale. I wasn't, it wasn't a finale that I watched and was just, you know, like, like insanely upset about, where I just felt cheated or, or like something... Um, you know, completely flipped and, and, and didn't, you know, work out as they'd set up so far. It was very much in tone with what they'd established so far in the season. I just feel like looking back over the course of it that it wasn't as impactful as it thought it was. Like I, I, I feel like there was a lot of talk and not enough action and and I mean that in the very literal sense of not enough happened. Not enough was told. I felt like they started to get redundant. I felt like um, a lot of those ideas just never were really closed off. I mean, the aliens thing is something that I'm sure everyone has their own theory about. But to me, that just didn't really work. I love that they had the balls to do it, but you've got to kind of justify it somehow. And that's always going to kind of nag at me, even when I think back to the actors who I just adore. If we were making a a, a top 10 performers list, we might have two or three of these people from Fargo. Because, I mean, Nick Offerman in and of himself in the smaller role that he had was an elite performer this year. So yeah, I, I, there's elements of Fargo that I love, but I definitely want to put it on the shoe-in. Okay, fair enough. Is there anything you would put on the shoe-in list? that? And let's try to make it not a comedy this time. 
What? I don't. Well, we had the leftovers. I mean, that's pretty funny, though. You're right. It's probably a comedy. Um, ooh, uh, I don't know. Those are those are a pretty solid three. I'm not saying that that those are going to be the top three. Yeah. But I mean, we we feel very confident about those particular three. Yeah. Those those have to be on the list somewhere. I would. Mm, <laughs> this is hopefully where the editing portion of the podcast will come in as I yes. try to think over this very minute point. Uh, the only thing that I'd bring up, which I think is just something that we should discuss a little bit early on about now, is that if we're putting Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt in the shoe-in list, but we had Master of None as the best new show, uh, you know, one notch ahead of it on our other list, then would Master of None be a shoe-in as well? I mean, I, I, I have to say probably. Like, I, I tried to... I tried last time I made it when I made my personal best new shows, best top, best of the year lists for the Hit Fit Critics Poll. Hit Fix Critics Poll. Sorry about that. It's a hard uh, one to say. It's a hard one to say. But when I did that, I was very conscious of the fact that if I was going to put it on the best new shows list, that the order that the best new shows list was should reflect the order of the best uh, best shows of the year. Like, it, however they're mingled in, they should. It should be that there shouldn't be any switch and upsies. So yeah, let's move Master of None up. All right, I'm sold. All right, so okay, let's. So now it's time, I think, for us to make the case. So we have four slots filled for our top top official top ten of the year. Uh, let's let's make some cases for various things. Uh, I mean, Mad Men. I mean, Mad, Mad Men. Mad Men is Mad Men. Mad Men was our number one show last year. Uh, I don't think it fell off at all, really, in its final season. I, I, I think we were both pretty big fans of the way it ended um, episode by episode. We all we might have some tiny beefs, like the whole Peggy... Um, oh, God, what's his name? I always forget his name. Stan. Stan, yeah. Peggy and Stan's thing irks me a little bit. I just didn't approve of that kind of forced coupling but overall i really did love Mad Men this year i think it it went out at at a peak form so uh i'd probably i'd probably put it up there i'd probably i'd definitely you know keep it in the discussion great let's do let's put no let's put it in like if we're if we're moving me on shoes let's go to Mad Men, get it in there so there we go oh then i don't know why you were worried about this we have five done already only have five more to go this is where it gets crazy for me, though, because after, like, when we were at four, I'm like, okay, we've got six left. That's a lot. Now it's like, oh, my God, we have five. Okay, we can't do shoe-ins anymore. We need to do, like, probably and then eliminate some more because we've only got five spots left, and there's <laughs> there's 15 shows uh, still sitting there. Yeah, there are, in fact, a lot of shows still sitting here. And right now, the current count, we have three comedies and two dramas, in case you're wondering. Nope, not. Doesn't matter to me. Um... I'm going to float to you uh, the concept of Better Call Saul. All right, let's let's talk about Better Call Saul, and this this is going to bring up an interesting point as well because, like with Master of None and the Unbreakable and Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt, Better Call Saul finished what five on our new show list? Yeah, I'm just thinking about this list right now, Ben. I, I'm trying to be free in my in my thinking. I've got my right. shoes off. I've got my feet up on the couch. I'm very <laughs> relaxed right now. All right, well, let's talk about it. Make make the case for Better Call Saul for me. I think beyond the critical mass of support for it, I think you and I are have always been in agreement that it contained 
one of the best scenes of 2015 and one of the best episodes. And not a lot of shows can claim that flat out. Uh, and given that it had as, as, as polished and prepared a, a creative team as it might have had going into it, uh, the fact is it had huge expectations stacked against it as well. Like that's, that's a huge thing for a show to overcome, like just the basic expectations that it will ha- fall into some, some sort of trap or another. And the fact is it really did achieve something that was a very complicated complicated problem, the ability to find its own path beyond Breaking Bad. I, I think those are all very good points. Um, I think the, the counter-argument that I would make to Better Call Saul, for as much as I admire it, I don't know if I fell in love with it. I'd compare it to kind of like a movie like Steve Jobs that came out this year, where I thought there was a lot to admire. I thought that there was a lot of work that you could see up on the screen and, and like what they had to do and, and knowing what they had to do. And I think you can feel that, but that also kind of forms a barrier where it's like, man, I can really admire this. And there's moments, like you're talking about, that scene if we're doing a scenes list, it would be near the top. That episode, if we're doing an episodes list, it would, you know, it's on there. We've got it. But overall, I don't know if it sustained that kind of emotional core throughout the entire first season, especially to the degree, not necessarily of just its predecessor, but of the other of other options that are on this list. So I don't know if I would put Better Call Saul in the top ten or as a shoe in. That's fair. Um, and let's just say we're talking top ten, top ten now. We're not even met, so it's on the question of shoe ins or not. We're just trying to get some. We're just trying to get five other entries on this list. All right, I'm gonna make a new. I'm gonna make a new section. Oh called god, maybe. Not a new section. Yep, god, it's called it. maybe. Damn it, Ben. It leaves us a little bit of flexibility. We already Liz. have like fifteen <laughs> lists. <laughs> but um, this, but this gives us if we, you know, if we end up with okay. five on there, and then we haven't gotten to the last three or something, we still need to talk. Then you know it gives us a little bit of flexibility to narrow it down again. All right. Well, let's 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 take this to another one. Let's uh, Ben make the case for the Americans. Oh man. Okay. Um, I feel like the Americans is an interesting example because if you look at kind of like you mentioned, if you look at the overall critical reception of this season, it's probably a slight hair down from the last few, even if it's still at that elite level. And it's because of the finale. A lot of people seem to be a little disappointed with what happened in the finale. I, for one, had a lot of admiration for it. It wasn't the best episode of the season that happened a little bit earlier. But in terms of kind of sustaining tension and character development and creating new aspects and worlds to explore in future seasons, as well as thoroughly examining and digging in to some emotional conflict in this season, I loved The Americans. I thought this was still top-tier entertainment. Um, and and frankly, it, it still frustrates me knowing that there's it's not getting kind of e- either the rating success, I mean, or the or the awards that it deserves, which makes me as a critic want to give it you know the support that it still needs. Yeah, and that's a that's a um, that's a meta a meta problem that I feel like you know, you guys hopefully hopefully you gentle listener slash gentle reader understand us when we come at that come at things from that angle like. Yeah, like there there are things that people go, I can't believe you forgot this. And, you know, invariably it's like, no, we didn't forget it. There's a reason why you're hearing the reason why it, in, in these arguments. So Yeah, and, and to be clear, there's probably something maybe actually I'm not gonna say probably. There isn't probably something that we forgot. We have been looking at this list and building this list and adding to it for weeks now. 
We've poured over all the other lists. We've poured, Liz made it a list of literally every TV show that aired this year, right? I mean, yeah. it's going to be hard for us to overlook something. So just because it's not being discussed on this episode or isn't on the shoe ends, that just means it wasn't an elite member in our minds. So I think and, that's kind of where it goes. But also to be clear, it's not that it was a bad show. It's just by, right. the, by the critical approach we're coming at this, it didn't feel, it didn't feel like a part of what we're creating. Yeah, like Liz mentioned earlier when we were talking, when you said something about kind of just looking at shows that deserve the support, like that need people to watch it, if if that's all we were talking about, then Red Oaks would be a huge one on my list. I think people need to be watching Red Oaks and they're not doing it, but I don't think Red Oaks is better than Mad Men or Veep or The Leftovers, um, so it's not going to get talked about right now. Yeah. Um, something we need to move up is BoJack Horseman. Yeah, I'll agree with that. All right, so let's put... The- I mean, if only because our coworkers will kill us if we if we don't. Zach Sharp will have our heads. <laughs> hey, we'll so come. Steve Green. They'll both come after us. Yeah, the, and both of yeah, both of them are in positions to find us and take us down. So, we now are at six on our shoe ins list. Count once again four drama, four, four comedies, two dramas. I'm getting really nervous, and and uh, we have to have a we have to pick a drama next. I can't because the next one I really want to put on the list as a shoe in before I get panicked is you're the worst. Well, you can make the argument. I, I think no, you're I mean, the worst. You're, well, no, I think I agree with you on you're the worst. I well, let's. Ooh. No, I agree with you. It should be on the list. I was just saying, like, I was good. You could make the argument that about it being a drama. Um, oh well, yeah, that's true. But let's go ahead and throw that on, um, guys. Yeah, seriously, why do we complain about this? Seven already done. What could? How hard could it possibly be to pick three more shows? So nervous right now, Liz. This is. Oh, it's getting intense. Um. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna toss a I'm gonna just gonna toss I'm gonna keep tossing titles at you until and let you shoot them down and then we can p- publish our list of the top seven shows of the year. Such uh, a mean trick, Liz. You're making me do all the dirty work. I am, but you're not. Step up. Show, throw throw one at me. All right, South Park. <laughs> I have no argument to make for or against South Park. <laughs> South Park this season to me was was just. So refreshing. It was one of those things where it felt familiar. It felt like something I've been watching for 19 years because I have been. But at the same time, it's unlike anything else on TV. It's still probably – this season was probably the best animated comedy on TV, maybe right up there with BoJack Horseman. Um, And it it did so in like a very new and fresh way. It it made it kind of more accessible to a new audience, especially for a new audience that either already knows it exists and isn't watching or, you know, is watching and, and just kind of gets a wake-up call. So I I don't know. South Park to me is one that I keep coming back to again and again um, when I'm thinking about the top 10. And I know it's kind of right on the border. It's I don't know if I'd put it in the top five or anything like that, but it's it's in the it's in the conversation in my head. You know, all my voices going back and forth. No, I mean... You've made the argument very convincingly for South Park, and not just now, but in months past. I'm actually not opposed to it, uh, as a maybe, uh, because my major thought is, and again, we're getting into the nitty-gritty of this, uh, I, you know, feel, I feel like we, we want a stronger balance between comedy and drama. Not, it's not, it's not, I just want, like, more, a, a diverse range of programming on this show, on this list, because I think... That's the best way to make a list that represents the year in television. Like, yeah, and I, I, I agree with you in the sense that 
I think it's very easy for me to skew comedy. I've talked about it on the show before how I'm, I'm, I have a lot more, ad, well, not a lot more. I have slightly more admiration for somebody who can do a really, really, really good comedy than somebody who can do a really good drama. Um, but at the same time, like you said, this is, this is a representative of the year. Um, you can't just let your personal sides take over. You really have to look at what was the best. And, and in my head, I, I, I agree with that. Like there's some dramas that we still haven't talked about and some that we have that are right up there. So yeah, let's keep going. Ben, can we put Jessica Jones on the list? <laughs> God. Uh, yeah, I, yeah, I mean, I don't know if I have, a definable issue with Jessica Jones because I really love so much about it. Like the, especially the early episodes, I was actually, I was reading an article by Emily Nussbaum recently where she kind of talked about how it didn't really click for her until later on in the series. And I almost completely disagree. I felt like the later episodes got a little wobbly, got a little mixed up in some of the like, let's do scientific experiments on superpowers and see what we can do with them and whatever fits the story will help move it forward. And that kind of always irks me because it's, it's just doesn't feel as uh, creatively sound, I guess. But those early episodes and kind of the core of the show and all of the ideas and the discussion that are coming up around it is what I really admire. It feels like a show that's very, very important, if not perfectly made. I mean, I fully acknowledge that the character of Robin in retrospect, would drop me down at least one degree point. <laughs> yeah, that was... She didn't She didn't bother me as much because I felt like she was going to have a larger presence because of what you talked to me about her before I started watching. But yeah, she's, uh, she's a problem. Yeah, but I think... I think of all the shows, and I think of all the shows that are on this list, that's one I feel really personally passionate about. Uh, that and Orange is the New Black, but I'm not really going to push for Orange is the New Black this year, I think, uh, even though I've made, I think last year I made a really hard case for it. You did. Yeah, that was yeah. one where we were going back and forth, I think for a while, between like one and three, like those top three shows and Orange was right there. And that yeah. was, I mean, that was a tough, that was a tough debate. I think it's just this year, uh, I really love Orange and I feel like it's it's a show that's gotten consistently better with every year. Uh, in a really impactful way. Like, it's a fascinating show to watch evolve. But this year, this year, it, it, while it did really evolve nicely, I don't know if it took quite as many chances as some, of the, as some of these other shows. So that's why I'm not making the hard argument for it. Um, let's see, what else have we haven't we talked about? Uh, speaking of random shows that I feel really passionately about, uh, how are you feeling about Unreal right now? Oh, man. I, so I was very late to the ballgame on Unreal. It was one of those shows that as soon as people started talking about it, namely Liz, I mean, Liz, I feel like you're, you're not literally the first person to watch it or discover it or anything, but you were one of the first people who wrote about it, who was talking to me about it, who was really passionate about it. Um, and ever since then, I wanted to dig in, and it just kept falling behind in my queue. And I, part of it was that, we had some screeners for it, but like I didn't, I just didn't keep them up on my list properly. And anyway, I didn't start watching it until yesterday. I mean, it's been a while. So right. I've seen three episodes now. I really love the show in kind of the, I don't feel guilty about it because it's very well made. It knows exactly what it's doing, but it also just gives me so much immediate pleasure from kind of that 
reality TV version of pleasure, like of, of just enjoying and being gripped by, you know, the little romances and the, and the fights and the construction. And obviously there's so much more going on than that. The way they acknowledge some of these things and talk about some of these things um, are, are very interesting to me and they start a very important discussion. Um, so I, I really love Unreal. It's hard for me to say if I'd put it on the list because I'm so, you know, behind. I've only seen the three. Um, as of now, I wouldn't rank it above some of the other dramas that we have uh, available, but I mean, it could definitely get there. Yeah, I, I'm so glad to hear you say that. I mean, because here's, here's the thing you have to understand. I, yeah, I first wrote about Unreal. I actually did not write about Unreal until May, but I saw the pilot for the first time last January in the lead up to TCAs, and I kind of watched it in a big mash with all the, with like, you know, it was like in between like three other pilots I watched uh, in preparation for various panels. And I remember the next day waking up and it was the one show I couldn't stop thinking about. And that, and so I watched the pilot then. I watched the pilot again at South by Southwest when I inter- and interviewed the creators and again, couldn't stop thinking about it. And yeah, it's been a show that stuck with me for 11 months now. And I feel really passionately about it. And I love I love what you mentioned about reality TV because I think one of the smartest things the show does is it takes all of the secrets of making great reality TV that make re- great reality TV so addictive and it uses it for its own means but also doesn't un- it also is thinking about it on a higher meta level. It's it's such an interesting show to really dig into. Yeah, that's that's kind of one of the things that if I if I hadn't read so many you know, reviews and, and talk to so many people who have loved it all the way through, I'd be worried about the those soap opera elements that are in there specifically to call out the idea of, you know, infusing these soap opera elements into reality TV. I'd be worried about those running dry, like even even this season. And I'd still be, I'm still worried about them, you know, kind of hitting a wall or having to go to new extremes that may not work as well in future seasons. I don't know how long of a shelf life this kind of thing has. But season one, I mean, from what I've seen and what I've heard is supposedly just right there. So, I mean, it might be a good time to acknowledge the show in case, you know, season two can't live up. And and we need to remember that there's still something to admire about this thing. So I feel we're feeling good about Unreal. We're feeling good about the Americans. Feeling good about South Park. We're feeling good about Jessica Jones. When we start, we, we, we were last at seven. Are we ready to move something up to eight? I think we can put Jessica Jones at eight. Honestly, that kind of the personal appeal that you make as well as kind of the importance of the show overall, I think is is more important than maybe the little flaws that that you know are subjective uh, that people can can uh, like or dislike. And uh, honestly, it's so well made. And for me to like a show coming from Marvel is kind of a miracle in and of itself. So so yeah, I'd be fine with putting Jessica Jones in there as a surefire top tenner. Yeah. So, for the record, these are not. This is not the ranking. This is just us. Yeah. Sorry, yeah, I missed no, eight, eight of No. No. I just. I was clear because I put. I said that uh, at number eight. Um, so yeah, I, I think really what it comes down to is I think we have two more slots in a in a top ten. Uh, we've got South Park, The Americans, and Unreal. Yeah, but we've got. There's at least there's at least two more I want to talk about before we. Like just move on to to nailing down the ten and then and then ordering it. And okay, hit me. I kind of want I kind of want your opinion on a show that last year we did not have in our top ten or our personal five favorites that I think we got the most heat for. And looking back, I kind of wish we would have had it in there. 
but I don't know if I feel the same way about season three, and that show is Hannibal. Mm. I think Hannibal is one of the most artfully beautiful shows made probably on network TV ever, but in TV in general, definitely up there with with some of the best on pay cable and, and cable. Um, I love the performances. I love the writing. I love that Jillian Anderson is in it because, I mean, when don't you love that fact? Um, but I've only seen about half the season because I got, again, caught up with all this other stuff. So, Liz, tell me about Hannibal and whether or not you think it should be considered. You know, I honestly, I feel like maybe giving it, I feel like Hannibal deserves an honorable mention. I think it deserves all the credit in the world for everything it does really well because it does do so much really well. But I think it has always been a show that leaned really heavily on certain elements at the expense of others. And as a result, like it has done an amazing job of building a, a very loyal, a very devoted fan base. And that fan base is not wrong to love this show. This show is full of things to love. But I think it, there, I think that there's a lot about it to not love. I think that maybe there, there are elements of the fact, especially I, I, I could counter argue that I could kind of argue like the fact that it kind of glorifies and its brutality that it kind of, it, you know, there's, there's a glee to the gruesomeness that I think is off putting for not just middle America, but I think even like me, like I, I found Hannibal hilarious and a joy to watch at times, but it was also really mean to people I liked. Um, <laughs> yeah. It was deeply upsetting at times. Like that finale deeply upset me. I and you know you have to applaud TV for creating a visceral reaction in you. You really have to do that. That's important. But you also don't have to celebrate gruesome for gruesome's sake. And I think also uh I actually I also kind of fell out of watching the show midway through. I watched and I I think that's it. but our reviewers who kept up with it, I was editing those reviews and you know that show is in season three. There were some narrative fits and spurts. I think the uh, the the European our, our reviewers were pretty clear that the European vacation kind of dragged on a little bit unnecessarily, and that when they switched to the Red Dragon plotline, things picked up a lot. But that's still a fair a fair amount of dead weight for a season to carry. Uh, yeah, I think I think all those are extremely good points, um, and and having not finish the season i think the week by week thing really just got to me on that one um but having not finished it I'd, I'd argue that it's really just a big shame or the biggest shame is that it's not going to come back for another season because i feel like it's almost set up better to or to perform better down the line than it necessarily did in season three and from what i've heard season three doesn't quite compare to the glory that was season two um so yeah i, I think that's i think that's fair to keep it keep kind of keep it in the top 20 maybe but not in the top 10 yeah i think i think i i will happily we we are going to get our kind of like runner-up individual picks and i'm happy to include it in mine because i do really admire the show for what it pulls off and i think that it, it, there are achievements there that are definitely worth, worth recognizing but at the same time is it across the board as strong an achievement as some of these other shows. I, I, I wish I could say so. Okay, the last one that I wanted to talk about before we kind of narrow it down to the 10 and then move on to our <laughs> to our ordering, which will be quite fun as well, uh, is Transparent. Um, Transparent is one that's kind of late to the game. Uh, it came out you know just a, a week or so ago. Um, to me, that's always kind of an interesting element because it's really hard, especially looking back at shows like Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. I think when we were discussing 
our, our best new shows of the year. You mentioned something about um, beginning of the year itis, or how did you? What was the word you used? I think it was beginning. It's something like beginning of early early in the year itis. Yeah, where it's just something that like it's been around so long. We've talked about it so much. We've analyzed it not to death because it's still so good, but we've we've talked about it a lot. So you're tempted to want to talk about or you know pay homage to something else. That can go the other way with newer shows that just came out where you're like, okay, we haven't really dug into this yet. We haven't given it its proper due. It's only been out for a week or a month. Um, so we want to kind of get on that. And I'm, I don't know if that's why I'm so drawn to Transparent. I, it's definitely very, very good. This, I think the second season was, was uh, I don't want to say head above heels better than the first season, but it was definitely better. Um, but what about you, Liz? What do you, what do you think about uh, Transparent Season 2 as a contender for the 10? I mean, I... As I think I probably talked about like a month or two ago, I hadn't watched uh, all of season one until in, in, at, at that point. I've, I have now seen all the way through the end of season two. So I'm all caught up. I think I think it's a show I, I would definitely if, if we had it on our top 10, I'd be very comfortable with that. I think that's the simplest way for me to put it. I think, like you said, I, I the fact that you got over, I, I found myself not having the same problems with season one that you did to the same extent like i had higher tolerance for the the antics of the pfeffermans and uh then in season two i thought that they in fact did a really nice job of evolving and expanding those characters so i think that all came together really nicely um and then uh yeah i think i think it's a it's a it's a really stunning achievement in a lot of respects uh and they really work hard on a number of issues that are worth pursuing and yeah and it's it's well made it's really well made as well and i like i really like the uh i don't i think i think it's pretty well known that this this season includes like kind of a weird flashback component and i really responded to that i thought that was a really excellent uh really excellent addition to the season and really elevated the material for me so this is just kind of me talking about how i feel about it transparent point is i liked it i think i liked it a lot I think it has value being on the top ten list. Okay, yeah. Well, let's put it up into the into the maybe consideration. Yeah. Um, I love the point you make about the flashback portion of it because yes, there were flashbacks in season one, but they were strictly to Mora and and what he she had gone through, you know, leading up to her transition. Um, and I, I don't know the the kind of that historical putting it into a historical framework in this new season really did help me like kind of uh, identify more and understand a little bit better and kind of it just pulled at my heartstrings like it made it made all of these people and all of us in general because it's not just about the specific family it's about you know a larger group than that um, it, it made us more empathetic it made it more interesting it, it really kind of grabbed me so um, so yeah, I'm definitely into talking about transparent, even though I'm I'm still I'm still a little worried that it's one of those things. Had it come out at the beginning of the year, would I? I think I'd still be happy with it on the top ten. I think I'd still be pretty good about it. So yeah, yeah I don't know. I just get worried about these kind of little things when we're finalizing at this time and we're all pressured for time and all that. So no, of course. Um, you you want to know the terrible thought going through my head right now, which is that I'm I'm Mad Men. I'm looking at Mad Men. I'm looking at Mad Men, and I'm looking at how we have four maybes and eight already on the list and you know how i mean i don't know Mad Men should be there 
yeah, what are you? <laughs> I'm not even not even sure what you're seeing here, Liz. There's I can't live in a world where the last season of Mad Men isn't on our top ten. Like that's just I mean. I don't want to call you crazy because that's really rude. But Liz, like your fears seem a little unjustified to me. By the way, this is why this is one of the advantages to recording this is that <laughs> if I if we weren't recording this, Ben probably would just sworn for at me for five minutes straight. Well, yeah, and then and then I'd I'd and then, yeah, we we definitely throw throw some stuff at each other in good I've fun. Only, when I've we're only doing said these. fuck you to you once today. <laughs> Well, t- yeah, today today is the key word. When we'd already made our list and we were just kind of talking about like the framework of it. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. It was early. It was early in the day. Um, <laughs> Eat our coffee. Got to have it. Yeah, yeah. I've got coffee now. I'm, I'm, a such, I'm, I'm, I'm such a pleasant person right now. I mean, it, okay, but looking at our She Wins list, we're feeling solid on all of them. So now it just comes between picking between South Park, the Americans, Unreal, and Transparent. Could we find four di- more different shows? Oof, I mean, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. It's, we've, I think we've created an interesting scenario for ourselves, obviously not on purpose. This yes. is not orchestrated in that I feel like a lot of people listening will have very strong feelings about whatever ones don't make the cut. Like everyone's in a camp for at least one of these pretty bad right now. Yeah. Um, I'll, I'll remind uh, the count right now is we have... We are at five comedies. No, we are at six comedies. Uh, no, five comedies and uh, three dramas right now on the list. All right. Well, I'm gonna make a. I'm gonna make a pitch for one drama. Um, I just after we kind of talked about it, and I've been staring at the list. I think I'd just feel bad. I think if the Americans wasn't on this list, I'd feel pretty bad. I think. I think we need to put the Americans on. You know what? I'll go with it. Yay! Oh my god, we have one left. <laughs> oh god, I don't... I really... I mean, I I've, I feel like we've done a nice job of selling Unreal. And I feel like we've done a lot... It, it's gotten a lot of support from us. It, it, got, it placed well in our best of the year. And so I don't know if I want to make the strong argument for it at, at, at this point. Even though I really do kind of want it on the top ten. Well, you said something earlier when we were first talking about it, or well, when we were talking about it for the first time on this podcast. Um, you mentioned how it was a show that had hung with you for 11 months, and that not applying that to what we were talking about earlier about when something's released and when you see it, and like over-talking or under-talking, whatever. Um, but shows that really stick with you, something that, that kind of holds in your head or, or just in your heart or wherever, like if it's something that you kind of keep coming back to, I feel like that's really important. I feel like that's something that you have to weigh in and give it some, um, like a, a good deal of credence when you're making a list like this. So, I, I mean, again, having not seen all of trans or all of Unreal, I don't know if I can, you know, think, just I say my, screw it, let's push it. But yeah, that's my, I like what you're saying. I mean, the thing, the thing I'll, I'll say to you is, would if 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 Unreal makes the cut and South Park or Transparent don't, how do you feel about that? I, hmm, I, I feel pretty good, honestly. I, I don't know if there's a way to justify it because we're just talking about subjectives right now. I think I'd give all of these shows the same grade so far, so it's not like I can just pick something out and, and you know, say, well, that's just a B plus, or well, you know, that's got its more flaws than the other one. I think they're all very well done, so I, I don't. I'd feel fine about having 
a show that is this specific. You know, it's it's different. It's from a new network with you know a, a, a burgeoning originals program. I mean, and I like the actors in it. I like the story of it. Like so far, I'm pretty addicted to it. I definitely want to watch that uh, right now slash tonight whenever. And I, I mean, I'm gonna go see Star Wars tonight, Liz. And I want to still want to really watch Unreal. So you could, that gives you an idea of kind of the addictive nature of the show. So I don't know. I feel. I mean, I feel fine about. It. I I love South Park. I love Transparent. But I I mean, this one so far is right up there too. Okay. Well, okay. Let's proceed with the hypothetical that we put America's and Unreal on the top 10. In that case, uh, and actually, okay, so this is our completely random, just as we've been talking, order as of right now. Number one, The Leftovers. Number two, Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. Number three, Veep. Number four, Master of None. Number five, Mad Men. Number six, Bojack Horseman. Number seven, You're the Worst. Number eight, Jessica Jones. Number nine, The Americans. Number 10, Unreal. How would we, what, what, what changes here? Um, well, I know The Leftovers is staying right the hell where it is. Oh, thank God. Oh, my gosh. Liz, you're making me so happy right now. I I just, know. I'm just picking my fights. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I honestly, I'd love to know if you really feel like a show is better than The Leftovers this season. There was so many, just, the, I, I always go back to the structuring. I always go back to the episode-by-episode episode thing, especially if we're talking about seasons. I am I am just in such admiration of how they put this thing together. You know, through the, down the line, acting and everything is great too, but the writing, the structure, and then how many episodes in a row were perfect episodes? I mean, like that streak that they started when they had the Matt Jamison episode pretty much all the way through to the end, those were all virtually perfect episodes of television. They could all have been on our list for best episodes. And when I think about that, and I think about the emotional response, as well as just kind of the, the general response to these kind of things and the discussion points and the, and the people that, that they're involving, I just can't imagine another show. But I'd, I'd love to hear it. I'm open to the discussion. I'm willing to, to consider other things. I, I just, that's obviously where I'm at. Everybody knew that already. I don't know why I talked for so long. I, you know what, the honest truth is maybe it's just because at least once a week you and I talk about the leftovers for at least 20 minutes or so, and that's been going on for about four months. So maybe this is just like Stockholm Syndrome setting in in its entirety, but I have no problem with putting the leftovers at number one. I don't have, I don't have a strong argument. I, 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 I don't have a strong argument for another show that deserves it, not deserves it, but I don't have a better, a better show that for, for I don't have a better show that kind of encapsulates everything that I find really exciting about television. Like there's yeah. a lot of a lot of a lot of the shows on this list I think are important and special and deserve to be talked about as much as humanly possible, but The Leftovers feels like a a real crowning achievement of the year. Yeah, that's that's a very good way to put it too because I would love to live in a world obviously not in a world where we didn't have The Leftovers, but in a world where we could put you know, Veep or BoJack Horseman or You're the Worst or The Americans or Unreal or Kimmy Schmidt, any of these basically, you know, if they were number one and I saw that on somebody's number one list, I'd, you know, on anybody's list, I'd feel really good about it. Like these are all very good shows. Just, you know, for me right now, nothing was, was as good or as important as, as The Leftovers. But yeah, yeah I think obviously we're... everybody knows that. You've all been listening for four months probably. So. Yes. So that's our list. Ben. What was the best thing you watched last week? Well, 
I won't waste any more time on 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 specifics here, but my best the best thing I watched this past week was definitely Unreal. Again, apologies for not catching up to, with it until now. I know everyone, well, a lot of people listening, anyone who's already seen it, is just going, yeah, I know, Ben, we told you this months ago. How dare you take this long? And I, I am sorry it took me so long, but I'm very invested now. I will finish it. You have my word. It, it's it's tough to track down. Like it's not available on any streaming service yet, and Lifetime doesn't have any sort of like watch online options really. So yeah, it's it's not. It, it hopefully it it makes it to Amazon or Netflix or Hulu soon, and everyone can enjoy it because it really is worth watching. That is very true. And Liz, tell us what the best thing was you watched this last week. Uh, last night, I was blessed to attend a screening for the new animated uh, Netflix series, F is for Family, which is, uh, Ben and I are still kind of working out who's going to write our, our review. I think Ben is going to do it, but I, I, I don't know. It's like, it, 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 there, there's a really, I think what, I think that's going to be one of those shows that I'm really glad they gave us all six episodes in advance because it needs to be appreciated kind of as a lump soul, a lump, a lump hole. Uh, and tonally, I'm not, tonally it's kind of aiming for an Archie Bunker-esque vibe and kind of glorying and like, oh, it's, it's so fun to be politically incorrect and all that. But they are trying to kind of tell like one really big story over the course of six episodes, which is something you don't see a ton of in animated comedy. Like even like something like Bojack, like is very episodic in some respects. And this is not that there's a real sense of getting like a three hour movie out of this. And uh, all the voice work is really funny. And there were some jokes that definitely had me gasping. Weirdly, anything to do with the Korean War. I apparently <laughs> find Korean War jokes really funny, and I don't know what that says about me as a person. Ooh, I, I don't dare speculate, but yeah, I can see that. Ben, what's the next thing you're looking forward to? Uh, Liz, this is pretty obvious, and I think you're going to 100% agree with me. Um, I'm glad we've talked about Netflix a lot so far today and I'm definitely looking forward to the December 26th Netflix original release of Marco Polo 100 Eyes the standalone spinoff from Netflix Marco Polo series uh, have fun enjoy nah, I'm just kidding I'm not looking forward to that at all but I am looking forward to uh, Sherlock and the Abominable Bride but that's not until January 1st so maybe yeah. I'll talk about that later yeah but that's a, that's not a that's not a terrible pick actually who knows? The Marco Polo thing could be all right. Like that that show wasn't badly made. It was just well, dig up my old review from yeah. last December. I did not it's care tough for to, it. It's tough to just kind of describe, but you did you did an admirable job describing. Um, Liz, tell just, us what the next thing is you're looking forward to, though. Yeah, um, I'm. We're right. We're getting start. We're kind of hip deep in uh, TCA invites and so forth, and. Uh, one thing that's got me really excited, so this is several weeks out, uh, but uh, we got our official invite to the pilot screening for AMC's Preacher, and that's a show that I think could be pretty cool. Uh, I've read the comic it's based on, and it's definitely worth talking about. Uh, there are a lot of bizarre characters. It's a really intense, violent, insane, funny world, and with characters that I really cared about uh so it'll be interesting to see what they what uh seth rogan and evan goldberg have done with uh what's a very popular cult property yeah that one's definitely going to be a hot commodity when it shows up and suddenly feels well i think it 
when it maybe it wasn't announced, it felt a little weird, but definitely feels like a good fit for AMC right now. Definitely. Uh, especially as they lean more into like the cult arena, like into the Badlands. Yeah. Uh, the finale will be airing uh, the, the night after this goes live, the night before this goes live. And uh, if you, if you enjoy like uh, martial arts, kick-ass ladies, lady wuja action, then you were probably watching Into the Badlands all season long going, there's an awful lot of talking here. Maybe there could be less talking and more martial arts thing. And then there would be more <laughs> martial arts thing and you'd be happy. Yes, that's what everybody wants. Yes, at all times. They also want to go to IndieWire.com to check out news, reviews, interviews, features, uh, all the stuff you enjoy reading us, uh, reading us uh, right on the internet. And you don't want, you need to listen to IndieWire podcasts, including IndieWire Screen Talk with Eric Cohn and Ann Thompson, um, hip deep in the awards season and, and Star Wars and all these Christmas movies coming out, Hateful Eight, Joy, everything. Um, and then IndieWire's, IndieWire Influencers, I should say, with our own editor-in-chief, Dana Harris, is, is just a fascinating discussion from kind of the people who are just in the deep of it right now. Like They're, they're really working hard, creating some cool stuff. Um, and she always finds some really, really fascinating guests. So make sure you give both those a listen. Yeah, actually, uh, right now, as we speak, she is talking to uh, You're the Worst Guest Star, Henry Rollins. Uh, oh, nice. Uh, that's, that's, I believe, being recorded right now. So look for that in the next couple of weeks. That should be fun. Uh, also fun is Ben's Twitter feed at Ben T. Travers. And Liz's Twitter feed at Lizlet. With, with an I and an E is incredible amounts of fun. Om- almost exclusively fun. Yeah, sometimes I bitch and moan, but yeah. in a really entertaining way. Exactly. Still fun. So uh, we will try to be back next week, uh, holidays permitting, uh, if the, the, presuming the Christmas cheer hasn't killed us dead. Uh, but no matter what, you guys, keep watching television. <laughs>